We've been talking for uh, uh, a week now. We started a new series last week just looking at uh, what we've come to know as the Lord's Prayer, a prayer that Jesus taught. And to set up what I want to speak about this morning, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself saying something that you really didn't mean? You know, you say something, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not exactly true, but you felt like you had to say it. Maybe, um, maybe somebody cooked a new meal for you and they said, hey, this is a brand new recipe. Try this. See what you think. And you try a bite and it's pretty clear that maybe it should have been a pinch of salt, not a tablespoon of salt. And you're like, hmm, yes, it's great. It's, it's really good. Do you really mean that? Um, uh, how about maybe a friend I've got this, has got a, a brand new haircut and you're like, I love it. It looks great. Uh, how about this one? No officer. I never even saw the speed limit sign. Ever find yourself having to say something like that? Uh, or have you ever been in a situation where you're in a relationship and you just know it's not working out, so you've said, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> have you ever had to say that? And you know you didn't really mean that. Before I dated Casey, uh, I never had a single girl say to me, it's not you, it's me. They all said, no, it's definitely you. <laughs> You're the reason this is over. Um, so, uh, with that idea in mind, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer of, of, of saying things that maybe we don't mean, because I wonder if we've ever prayed this prayer, really believing that we mean what we're praying, but not fully understanding what it is that we're saying. Uh, I think you're all familiar with the prayer, but we're going to read it together now. Here this morning, it'll be up on the screens. Um, you, can sp you can follow along if you'd like. You can say it out loud if you like. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, it says, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we've talked about the fact that this prayer is very familiar. I, I bet if the words weren't on the screen, you still could have spoken it as I read it this morning. Many of us know this prayer off by heart. But again, I wonder if some of us have said the words to this prayer, not actually understanding fully what we're saying, and certainly not meaning the words that we're speaking. So as we look at this prayer, we're going to discover that while there is nothing wrong with praying this prayer on a regular basis, word for word, the purpose in Jesus teaching us how to pray wasn't to give us a formula, a specific word, specific prayer that we read, you know, like um, just kind of some uh, thing that we just read word for word, but actually it was more... Here is the structure, the elements of what we should be praying for. So, for example, last week, we started out by looking at that first line. It says, Our Father, which art in heaven. And we learned that there were two things that Jesus taught us here about prayer in general. The very first thing is, is how God wants us to speak to him. In the way that a child would speak to a father. He's the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords. And yet he wants us to come to him and speak like a child would speak to their father. Dad, here's what's on my heart. We also learned last week that Jesus said that a great way to pray is by starting out with, Hallowed be thy name. Now, Hallowed's not a word we use very often, so we, we dug a bit deeper last week, and we learned that Hallowed literally means holy is your name. You are worthy of worship. 
Jesus is saying a great way to pray is by pausing and just starting and saying, thank you, God. Thank you for, for this. Thank you for, uh, for whatever it might be. God, you're amazing. This morning we sang some songs, and the purpose of singing these songs was just say, God, you're amazing. We think you're incredible. But we learned that worship is more than just singing, more than just telling God we love him. We learn that God is looking for us to live a life of everyday worship. That everything we do, every part of our life, can be a form of worship to God if we'll choose to make God the most important thing in our life. Some of us have have chosen to make God a part of our life, but God's desire is that we would put him above all else. In fact, last week we learned that worship is our response to what we value the most. Worship is our response to what we value the most. So a little bit of self-examination of our lives and our weeks would show what is it that we value the most, because really, that's what we're worshiping in our life. Is it Jesus? So this week, we're going to look at the next part of the prayer. The next part of the prayer is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And as I was preparing this message, I found myself wondering, is this another one of those phrases that we really don't understand? Is this something we're praying and we really don't mean? Because if we understood completely what Jesus was teaching us to pray here, I'm not sure we would pray it quite as easily, quite as freely. Because you see, it starts out by saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we pray these words, but actually, like the word hallowed, we're using some words that we don't really use in everyday conversation. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As I thought about it, the only real two times I can think of the word kingdom being used in our regular language is the United Kingdom and the Magic Kingdom. (laughs) United Kingdom and Magic Kingdom, those are the two I could think of. Now, you're familiar with them both. One of these is a wonderful, magical place where dreams come true, and everyone who goes there has the time of their lives. And the other place is a theme park in Orlando. (laughs) So uh, those are two ideas of kingdom. I was told after service that that there's also the Chiefs' kingdom. Uh, Don't forget that one, Dave. That's uh, the fan base of the Kansas City Chiefs. But... um, But God's kingdom, not something we use an awful lot. So what does that really mean? Well, when we're thinking about this, it helps us to understand when Jesus used this phrase, it was a little bit different, the understanding of when we use it. Because we think of the English word kingdom, and correctly so, we think of it as a place. You know, we studied British history and things like that, and we think of the kingdom and the king and this place, that's the kingdom over there. But in the Bible, both in the Old Testament in Hebrew and the New Testament in Greek, the word kingdom speaks more of an action. Rather than a place, it's, it's, it's an action. And what I mean by that is um, the word probably is better translated the rule or the reign of a king over his people. In fact, instead of the kingdom of God, some Bible translations actually say the reign of God. So here is the, it's not just the kingdom of God, a place. It's the reign of God. It's a concept. It's a place where God reigns. And Jesus says that when we pray, we're praying that the kingdom of God would be on earth as it is in heaven. Now, sometimes you'll hear Jesus talking about the kingdom of heaven. And when he does, it's just another way of saying the kingdom of God. The two phrases are kind of synonymous. 
But when Jesus is saying, on earth as it is in heaven, he is saying, there is a place where the king reigns. Heaven is a place where the king reigns. It's more than just a kingdom. It's where the king reigns. A place where there are no borders, no ends to the reign of the king. A place where he reigns unchallenged. A place of perfection. So when you pray, let's pray that that, some of that, can come down here into the world in which we live. Some of Jesus' his very first words in three of the four Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, these were three accounts of the life of Jesus, the first recorded words of Jesus had the word kingdom. Matthew 4, 17, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is here. And what he meant when he said this is through Jesus' life on earth, then his death and his resurrection, God's kingdom has now opened up to everyone on earth. Jesus' coming brought God's kingdom, God's reign to us here on earth. He was saying, wherever the people are gathering in the name of Jesus, my kingdom is being established. God is reigning. And it wasn't just then. Jesus started something that continues on to this day. The reign of God exists here on earth. If we have a relationship with Jesus, when we gather, we bring some of the kingdom of heaven, some of heaven where God reigns here to earth. So what does that look like? As I was thinking about this concept, because it's kind of hard to wrap your head around something like that, here was the best illustration I could think of to, to illustrate that. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever been here, but there's a place in Peoria... It's a wonderful place. It's called the Fox Pub. The Fox Pub, it's in Peoria. It's uh, just off Knoxville over by Pioneer Parkway. And it's owned by a British gentleman. So when you walk into the Fox Pub, there are Union Jacks. There are, there's a picture of Kate and William above the mantelpiece. We salute when we walk by. There's a, an English phone box in there. I mean, it's, it's like a little taste of Britain. When you look at the menu, they serve fish and chips and shepherd's pie and bangers and mash. And every Saturday morning, you can go there at 9 a.m. You can order a British fried breakfast with bacon and sausages. It's fantastic. And then on TV, you can watch live. Any guesses? Football. Thank you. Yes. Word of God from the man at the back there. Yes. We don't watch soccer at the Fox pub. We watch football. Proper football. And for this Englishman, it's like a little taste of home. I get to go in there, and my family and I, whenever there are big games on, we'll go and watch the games there. But um, for me, it's like a little bit of Britain right here in the middle of Peoria. And that's such a small analogy compared to the kingdom of heaven. But us gathered here this morning... As we worshipped together, as we, as we say, God, we love you, we want more of you in our lives, um, kind of like me as a British man stepping into the Fox Pub, we stepped into the kingdom of heaven this morning. Here, God reigns. We brought some of heaven here on to earth. That's what it's like when you pray and say, I want to see his kingdom come. And who wouldn't want to pray a prayer like that? 
Who wouldn't want to pray, thy kingdom come? If heaven, God's kingdom, is a place of no more tears or pain or suffering, then yes, I want to see that expanded in my community. I want to be a part of seeing that kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. But the problem is, there's a few other words in that phrase. Jesus doesn't just teach us to pray, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's another little phrase there, isn't there? Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And that can be a little bit tougher to pray if we think about it. Because we have to be willing to see his will done. If we want to see his kingdom come, we've got to be willing to see his will done. And the truth is, if we're honest with ourselves, some of us, when we pray, tend to be more, thy kingdom come and my will be done. I want it my way. Some of us have even decided, no, I, I follow God. I want him in my life. So I want my way, but I'll ask God to help that happen. <laughs> I'll bring him into it. God, I've got a plan. God, could you help make this plan happen? That's still my will. <laughs> if we're totally honest and we say, God, thy will be done, it's us coming and surrendering and saying, God, in my life, I want your will to be done. Whatever that looks like. I trust you, God. It's a hard prayer to pray. Even Jesus himself struggled with this. At the end of his life, we read that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying this prayer because he knows that he's about to, to go through the most awful death imaginable. But he knows it's the only way for a relationship between us and God to be restored. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. He knew that the only way was for him to be a sacrifice in our place. But he knew the great cost that it would be. So we read the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 26, verse 39. My father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Father, God, my will is, I don't want this. I know the pain and the, 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 the trauma I'm about to go through. If there's a way of taking this away, take this away. But I surrender. I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus himself said, thy will be done. And he struggled with it. We, we too have to come to God and say, God, this is tough, but I want your will to be done. I believe, God, that you know me better than I know myself. So I am giving you permission, permission to guide my life. And here's why it's such an important prayer to pray. Because if you think about it, let's, let's look around us at the world in which we live and the areas in which God's will is not done. We just have to turn on the TVs or read the news to see what happens when people around the world don't follow the will of God. Just a few examples. We see stories of innocent people caught up in the midst of conflicts around the world, losing their lives, losing the lives of their loved ones. 
The pain and suffering caused to families through addiction and abuse and anger. Corruption and greed in high places causing pain and suffering and brokenness to innocent victims who can't do anything to escape the situations they find themselves in. And the list could go on and on and on of examples of brokenness and pain and destruction and, and sadness, all as a result of people not choosing to do God's will or choosing to not do God's will. Maybe you're here this morning and you can relate because you're going through something right now. You're going through a difficult situation in your life right now and you're aware of the fact that there is some, some human decision here somewhere that is affecting that and it's making it hard for you. And whether it's the national news or a personal situation, it's a constant reminder that God's kingdom isn't yet come. God's will isn't always done. Now, here's the incredible thing. I've experienced this in my life as a follower of Jesus over many years. I am constantly amazed that even in this broken world, where people suffer often at the hands of others, because God's will wasn't done in a certain situation, I still see God at work in the lives of those people. I see people going through difficult situations and finding God in the midst of that situation. I see people's faith get stronger in the midst of a difficult situation. I see people's character change and develop. I have conversations with people who tell me that was probably the worst chapter of my life, but looking back, I can see now how God was with me he was so close, and I'm in a place now that I could never, ever have been had I not gone through that. Now, I don't believe it was God's will for the person to suffer in that way, but even in the midst of that suffering, God is still at work. But it's so sad realizing that so much of the pain and the suffering that happens in our world is because God's will was not done by someone the truth is the vast majority of human suffering is because somebody, somewhere, sometime did not do what God wanted them to do. And if you're here this morning and maybe you're here visiting and you're not even sure what you believe yet about God or, or the Bible, and, but you're checking things out and, and you're thinking, Dave, this is one of those things I struggle with. When I look around at the brokenness and the pain and the, the destruction of the world, and when you tell me that this was because God's will wasn't done, that doesn't seem right. If it's not God's will and he's the creator of the universe and he's a God of love, why doesn't he just step in and do something about it? I'll be honest, maybe you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus and you still have that question. Even as a follower of Jesus, you struggle sometimes to understand why if it's not God's will, he would allow it to happen. But the problem is, I believe he's a loving God. And as a loving God, he chose to give us free will. He chose to give us free will. We have a choice. It would be so much easier if we were just puppets. If he could stop us doing bad things to one another. If he could wipe out the pain and suffering that we cause one another. I mean, think about it. He could make us love one another. He could make us love him. And all the problems would be solved. But you have to ask yourself the question, is that really love? My wife was in first service. She's still here. She's not in the room right now. But we've been married 26 years. 
And I love that after 26 years, she still makes the choice to love me. Because I know me. After 26 years, I still make the choice to love her. Yes, it will be easier if we had no choice in it, and she was forced to love me, and I was forced to love her. But it means so much more to me, her love for me, knowing that this is a choice that she makes. And we have that with God. We get to choose whether to follow him or not. We get to choose. So our love for God is real because it's a choice we've made. But the drawback is, because he's given us this choice, we can also choose not to love him. We can also choose not to do his will. We can also choose to do wrong things. And this part of the prayer, I think, is reminding us of this incredible, remarkable reality that God's will being done on earth is determined to a great degree by us. To see God's will done on earth. So, so it becomes more than a prayer. We can't just sit and pray say, God, your will done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's a great prayer to pray, but God says, I want to see that as well. Now what are you going to do to help make that happen? To bring kingdom, my kingdom, to earth. Me and you, me and my choices, you and your choices. His will is done when I choose to do what he wants. So when we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we are praying that we will have the wisdom, the courage, the faith, the selflessness, the obedience to do what God wants us to do with our lives. It's not just about God's kingdom coming and God's will being done. This is about God's kingdom come and God's will be done through us in our world. There's an author by the name of Erwin McManus, and in one of his books he said this, This planet is made better or worse by the people we choose to become. If you live a diminished life, it's not only you who loses, but the world loses. Humanity loses. Though you may not recognize it, there is a greatness within you. The world needs you at your best. And for you and me to discover the greatness that God has put within us, and for you and I to live our lives at our best, we need to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. Another author, uh, N.T. Wright, uh, he says in, in one of his writings about the Lord's Prayer, we're praying for the redemption of the world, for the radical defeat, the uprooting of evil, and for heaven and earth to be married at last, for God to be all and in all. And he says, and if we pray this way, we must, of course, be prepared to live this way. If we pray this way, we must be prepared to live this way. And this is the heart of the Lord's Prayer. It's more than just a prayer we pray. It's a call to action for us. As we pray these words to God, Jesus is saying, when you pray, there is some expectation of a response from you. It's not just words you pray. So just like last week, we discovered the opening words, the Lord's Prayer, they lead us to everyday worship. This next section that we're looking at today, in asking God to expand his kingdom, to see his will done, it's personal. It's us making a decision. It's not everyday worship, it's also everyday lordship. Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. Your will be done in my life. 
I love that song we sang earlier. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. This is my surrender. That's what it means to live a life of everyday lordship. Asking for thy will to be done is saying, I want you to be the Lord of every part of my life. Asking for thy kingdom to come is acknowledging that we want to step in and be a part of extending his reign. The reign that currently exists in heaven, we want to help facilitate that here on earth. We see our responsibility in this. So let me send you home today with some practical ideas. Because it's great to think about this, and it's great to realize this is more than just a line in a prayer that sometimes we've said, did we really mean it? (laughs) Now we know what it means. So when we pray that prayer, are we willing to say, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? God, I want your will done in my life. I want to be a part of whatever it takes to see your kingdom, your reign from heaven established here on earth. Because if I am really willing to pray that prayer, then what would that look like in my life? I'm going to give you a couple of personal examples here in a minute, a couple of ideas that will maybe get you thinking about something that could um, happen in your life. But before I get to that, let me just um, step back a little bit here and look at it through the context of Connect Church. We as a church, if you call this your home church, you are part of a, a, a body of followers of Jesus, a body of believers who, who feel that we have been called to see God's kingdom come and his will done. We see that as part of our mission as a church. We love that you are here and that you are growing in your faith. You're connecting with other people who follow Jesus. Your kids are learning about the great love that God has for them and the plan he has for their lives. These are all wonderful. But outside of these walls, we know that God has put us in this community to see his reign established around the world. And we as a church see the responsibility to do that. So we've made a commitment to help plant churches across the U.S. and around the world. Because we know that with every new church that's planted, much like our story here in Washington when we launched um, 10 years ago, that his kingdom comes to earth. We bring a little bit of the kingdom of heaven into the community of Washington when we started this church. And we want to support other churches around the country that are doing that. On top of that, we love to partner with local organizations and help them um, fulfill their mission. Just last year, we, we partnered with a group called Camp Hope. Camp Hope does a, uh, a wonderful job of putting on this camp every summer for um, kids who are either themselves, they have a, a cancer diagnosis or a life-threatening illness, and their siblings, they can't go to regular summer camps. So this camp is put on just for them, and it's a wonderful camp, but it costs a lot of money because there's a lot of special uh, medicine, food, this kind of thing. So we as a church said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could help them offset the cost of some of their food? And you guys, as a part of the church, you gave so much money to help with that food. It was great. And in that moment, you were a part of our mission at Connect Church to shine some light in the darkness, to bring some of the kingdom of God into this world. And what I love is that vision, that philosophy, that that idea, it doesn't just happen in this room on a Sunday morning. Right now, Josie and Jen and our kids' teams, they are talking to your kids about what it looks like to bring the kingdom of God 
into this world. Last Christmas, uh, your kids, if you have kids in Connect Kids, you'll know they were encouraged to, to be a part of Change for Change. They were to bring their loose change to, to church every Sunday and they filled up this, this plastic tube and they raised enough money to help bless the Ronald McDonald House. They, they exceeded their goal and they raised um, $441.13 to help the Ronald McDonald House here in Peoria. That may not seem like a huge total for you and I, but man, when you see the look on these kids' faces, knowing how excited they were to be a part of raising those funds and making a difference. But again, it was more than just the money. It was the idea that we are bringing some of the reign of God into this world. We're bringing some of the kingdom of God to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So if you've given here and Connect, you're supporting things like this. So you're already a part of seeing His kingdom come and His will be done. But here's the challenge. It can be really easy for us, kind of, on a Sunday morning to, to write a check or to put some money in the offering and, and to think, okay, I'm good. But what if God spoke to us personally and said, outside of, of maybe what we do financially, there's, there's, there's more you can do. I wonder when it was the last time we prayed, God, thy will be done in my life. God, what is your will in my life? Is, is there something, God, you would have me do? I was thinking about just a, a few of the people who call Connect Church their church home, people I know, some of whom have donated time and resources to nonprofits in the area. Some of them have been very blessed financially and have given a lot of time and resources um, and money to nonprofits in the area. I know of families who attend Connect who have chosen to be foster parents because they've seen the, 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 the challenges that some of these kids are facing. And they said, we want to bring the kingdom of God into this little boy, this little girl's life. Some are going to training sessions right now at the Dream Center in Peoria. Because there is a property just here in Washington called the Zoe House that will be opening here in a few months. And will be housing young teenage mums who don't have the support system to be able to raise those babies alone. So they get to live in this house and they get help with their education and with their jobs. And there'll be volunteers who will spend time with these girls, mentoring them. And there are some folks here at Connect who have said, I want to do that. I want to be a part of that. That's, that's something I can do to help his kingdom come in the lives of these young ladies. It could be as simple as just sharing your faith with others. Telling someone else what Jesus has done in your life. The difference he's made in your life. Every one of us is different. Every one of us has different opportunities. But I think every one of us has to be willing to respond to thy will be done and say, God, what's your will for me? When I pray thy will be done, does this lead to a little bit more of being a part of expanding God's reign, God's kingdom here on earth? And How could I do that? in my world, in my life. I'll close with this story. Um, 
We have a young man who attends Connect. Connect. His name's Nick. Great guy. He's been coming here for years. And um, I, I know him really well. He's been coming here a long time. And then out of the blue, about two years ago, uh, three years ago, he sends me an email. And uh, it was actually an email. It was kind of like a support letter. Maybe you've got those before from missionaries, that kind of thing. And he had to raise some funds. And he was sending the email to the church saying, would Connect be willing to help support me in uh, this program I'm a part of? I had no idea, but for years, Nick had been part of an organization called Saints Prison Ministry. Nick loves playing baseball, and uh, he found out that there was this, this ministry called Saints Prison Ministry, and uh, he and a bunch of other guys, they get to go into prisons around Illinois and around the country and play softball with the inmates. So they split up two teams. There's the inmates on one team, him and the other guys on the other team. They play a whole game together. Then at the end of the game, they all gather together. They have some food, some drink. And these guys on the team, they get to share their testimony. They get to share a little bit about the love of Jesus. So I said to Nick, absolutely, we'd love to support that. So as a result, he got to send us a letter at the end of the season to tell us what he'd seen God do. He said the key word of the 2023 season was flexibility. With changing visit dates, late cancellations, and bad weather, we played in the rain. We even had a few rounds of wiffle ball in the gym. But by the end of the season, we had handed out 436 Gospels of John and had 60 men make a profession of faith in Jesus. Isn't that fantastic? The idea that Nick, whether he realized it or not, one day that prayer became real when he said, Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. In my life, this door opened, he stepped through it, and Nick is now a part of a group that's bringing a little bit of the kingdom of heaven where God reigns into some of the darkest places here in this country. God's light shining through them. Every one of us is different. Everyone's unique, but we can all pray that prayer. Say, God, what would you have me do to help see your kingdom come in my world? Let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you, Jesus, that you taught us how to pray. And in teaching us how to pray, you showed us that it was more than just sitting and reciting some words, which in and of itself would be great. It would be great to speak to you and, and, and ask for these prayers to be answered. But I think, and we're going to discover this more in the next couple of weeks, Lord, that this was more than just a, a prayer full of words. This was some guidance on how we should live our lives, how we should worship you, how we should um, submit, surrender our will to you to see your kingdom come. So I pray for all of us here this morning that we would truly be able to pray that prayer, thy will be done in my life on earth as it is in heaven that we would be a part of bringing your kingdom to earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.